you love something, <laughs> let it go. And if you don't love it, keep it. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, our conversation is a continuation of last week's conversation Mm. where we talked about ideas. And the more we thought about it, we were considering that ideas are just one tool in the creative's toolkit. Once you have an idea, you have to try and figure out how to get it out there onto whatever medium in which you work. And so there are a lot of facets to craft. Craft in its basic form is just the skills to to get the ideas out and figure out how to realize them as fully as possible based on what we're seeing in our head. But there's a lot more to it than that, I think. Yes. And then there's also the idea of honing your craft and the different ways that you can do that. And uh, I think it'd be fun to talk a little bit about some of the ways that we've tried to do that Mm -hmm. and... And the results, the mixed results that we've gotten <laughs> as a result. Wait. <laughs> That's a lot of results, people. Yeah. That's what we're after here. Results. At the creative double shot. And sometimes Where when you I? say craft, people think you're saying crap. <laughs> Which sometimes it is, and that's fine too. Uh, In fact, it's encouraged. The more crap, the better. Yes. The more crap you make, the more likelihood that something good's going to come out. Yes. I've definitely seen that with this latest series that I'm working on. What I'm realizing is craft within my craft. Because, of course, after having practiced art for as long as I have, I feel like I have a certain level of craft. Yeah. (laughs) And yet I am trying some new things and doing things over and over again. And yeah, it's this process within a process almost. I don't You're know. You're not what afraid I'm... of making crap while you own That's your craft. Exactly. Yeah. That's and right. as we've mentioned several times now, taking the monetary thing out of it for right yeah. now in terms of not showing it. Although I have taken the plunge and I applied to a show with a couple of these pieces. So it's exciting because I'm getting them out in public and I'm actually, I actually got accepted to a show. So now they will be out there somewhere. Making their debut. That's fantastic. But Which the is, other hundred ones that I've done that are in the vault will not be shown just yet. Right. And so you got to a point where you felt it was time, like you felt yeah. comfortable with your, the results of your owning your craft, yes. especially in this particular series. That's really cool. And I like to think of the craft too as it's multifaceted, right? There are multiple things. It's not like, oh, well, my craft is just this one unibody thing that I just get better at all the time. From writing, I'm thinking of things like characterization or plot or setting or any of those things that make a more fully formed piece of art. And it's interesting how you feel like at any given point in time, you see improvement. You're like, oh, okay, my characters are much better now than they were four or five years ago. And then you look back four or five years from now or look, yeah. So in the future, (laughs) four or five years from now, you'll look back or I'll look back and go, oh, wow. I mean, that might've been as good as I could have been at the time. And I think that's the other really cool thing is going back to the concept of being a lifelong learner Mm -hmm. is that you can constantly improve 
And, you know, the nuances might change too, depending on where you are in your life, whether it be age or just context. And so there, the craft is, I think of it sort of as this big malleable blob that like is really hard to hold all at once because there's so many aspects to it. And I would assume... Right. In your head, you think it's a linear process and it's absolutely not. Should we revive the fuzzy spiraling <gasps> upward yes. concept? Just, you're not sure what we're talking about. You have to Go listen to all the old episodes because we can't remember <laughs> which one it was. Yeah. And, and I love that because the craft unto itself is a fun thing to delve into. But also when you see yourself, when you can actually like look back and get milestones or benchmarks of where you were versus where you are now and, and see that improvement, which of course never happens fast enough for any of us, right? We always want it to be, oh, I want to be really good tomorrow. I want to read this book. And then I'll be able to just go, oh, now I, now I understand. Mm -hmm. But you still have to get in there just like using any tool, right? If you're a carver, you have to... Was that a whittler? No, a sculptor, right? I was just thinking of any, you know, like those people who carve the walking sticks, the faces in the Ooh, walking yeah, sticks. Yeah, yeah. But you don't, you start out and you're not making these really cool faces. You're like, oh my gosh, I think that's a face. Right. But we compare ourselves to where people are who have done it that's for right. a while and then we have expectations. Oh yeah. Always that's the expectations. That's the poison of the, the real artist concept that we also discussed in another episode just that idea that it should fall out of your, if you're good, it should just fall out fully formed, but you wouldn't even like it if it did. I mean, like you yeah. wouldn't even be excited about the process if everything you did came out exactly the way you thought it was going to. I think that's a great point because the, part of the fun in the struggle of creating is that you have this idea, but you can execute. And so it gives you something to work toward. There's a reason we set new goals is because we generally get bored or it's not, it doesn't have that thrill of achievement that we have when, you know, once, when we're just starting out or we're on our way to somewhere. And I think that's pretty neat. Or you think you've gotten somewhere and then you realize, oh my gosh, like I'm just scratching the surface here. So here's some opportunities to to dig in more and, and get the begeisterung of the learning mm -hmm. process and to see, see your product come out different and ideally in your eyes better over time. Maybe not all at once, but. I definitely had a lull in the last couple of weeks where I would get down to the studio and I'd have a, a stress point where yeah. I just didn't feel it. And I thought, well, maybe I've reached the end of this, but. As usual, I went back to my little notebook where I had taken a whole bunch of notes and I was like, oh yeah, I want to try this and I want to do yeah. more of these. And then I get this kind of panicky feeling that I don't have enough time to do everything I... <laughs> Swing wildly back and forth like, what? Oh, there's no satisfaction no matter where I am. Ah, it's the true. life of a creative, yeah. So I was thinking of the things that we do to to hone our craft. Other than, I mean, there's there's strictly the, you do it, the repetition and the, you know, the evolution of how you manually do your thing. Which but, I will say really quickly, that repetition is so much more gratifying than I really understood. That's awesome. Yeah. As opposed to thinking of it as drudgery and boring. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just doing the same thing over and over right. again. Right, like I should be onto something new. I, you know, I shouldn't be stagnant or whatever. And... You should try writing a novel sometimes. Oh, oh man, no. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I think that's really cool because I think by doing that repetition, it helps you discover new things about the project that you're working on that you, if you don't give your mind and your subconscious the time to digest it, then you do move on maybe before you're, yes. you can try to execute an idea that's too green, you know, that doesn't have time to fully digest. You the can, green banana. The green, this project's a green <laughs> banana. That's right. <laughs> Uh, you also can leave a project before it's time to leave Absolutely. because of either impatience or dissatisfaction. Oh, and who amongst us doesn't have some of those? I've definitely, I have regrets. Not me. All but mine. I can't live there. I can't stay there. You can't stay in regret. No. You just What's have the to... point? Right. So you have two choices. You can either go back to it or just call it good and know that if it's really important, it'll come back around probably. That's what I say. If you let it go and it comes back to you. It's yours to keep or something That's like that. That's right, yeah. If you love something, <laughs> let it go. And if you don't love it, keep it. That's, that's a weird yeah, we, saying. I don't know. We're going to re- <laughs> we're gonna have to think that one over. <laughs> yeah. And so the other things uh, outside of the doing of the actual craft, I was thinking uh, two of my favorites are, well, three, I guess, if you include listening to podcasts, but mm-hmm. reading books about craft. You know, like, oh, my gosh, here's some people doing stuff or, you know, here are some techniques that people use that I can try, which I'm not usually very good at to of like taking something lock, stock and barrel and going, okay, I'm going to do like this book I'm reading now on character. It's got exercises and some of the questions Uh that it, it has you ask yourself or ask of characters that you're writing about or have written about or have read about are really good. But I also don't know how how much time I want to spend doing that actual exercise versus thinking about it in the context of my story. And I, I think about any of this stuff and there are always publications that almost seem prescriptive, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, if you just do this, this, and this, and it becomes formulaic. And that takes a lot of the, the joy out of the work because you're always wondering, well, am I doing it right? As opposed to thinking of them as suggestions and then forming it in the way that works best for you and not worry that you didn't do it right or, you know, yeah, beating yourself up for another reason that you don't need to. But there is a lot of really good information out there. And I think if you're open to things, when I read stuff, I, there are some things where I'm like, no, I don't think so. But then there are other things I'm like, well, yeah, that's really interesting. You know, let me think about that a little more. And if it makes sense for your work, because I feel like, and I, I'd be curious to know if you feel the same way when I'm working on something. I feel like I know where the weak spots are. As a result, I know what kind of advice I'm looking for or what kind of information I'm looking for to help me through those weak spots. So that's why when I'm reading a book, sometimes some things resonate and others won't. And then I'm sure some of it's personality too. But I don't know if you've come across that in when you're reading about techniques or artists that you admire or you're looking at stuff that if something's not for you, you you're just like, yeah, versus taking, well, I'm going to try this even though I have no interest in it or I don't know. Ah, I kind of wish I did do that more often I, or, or I don't know why I wish that. Why did I say that? So, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have often thought I should push myself out of that mm-hmm. black and white thinking of just, you know what? That's not really my thing. And I don't want to take the time away from my whatever I'm working on to do that because I'm trying to get this other thing. And yet, those times when I have 
often it has led to some little breakthrough technique or interesting color scheme or something that then I can apply to my work. So it it is fascinating. I was thinking when you were taking that class on portraits, self-portraits. Oh. I don't know if that's what the class was, but you were doing a self-portrait and it was a technique that you were totally uncomfortable with and you battled through. We talked about it on one of the episodes. And that was really kind of cool. Oh, it was illuminating that, oh, but you signed up for that class for a reason because you were interested in it versus going, well, I'm going to I'm going to do nothing but war battlefield <laughs> portraits, realistic <laughs> battlefield portraits, even though I don't like them. Right. I'm not interested in them. Uh, so I think you still have to let your your interests, you know, your <laughs> guide somewhat. Otherwise, you're just like, then you're really like, everything's possible. And therefore, I'll... I hope you didn't just plant a seed and like next year, I'm suddenly going to start doing battlefield oh, yeah. portraits. Horses with wild rolling eyes, <laughs> cannons. So there are a lot of really great materials out there. And I think the danger, of course, is exactly what we were just talking about is feeling like you have to do it all. And I think that's a big one. Like, don't do something because you feel like you should. Do right. it because you want to. Yeah. There's always that cliche of make the art that you want to see or read or hear and let that be your guiding mm-hmm. thing. And I think, I think that's, that's so solid. true. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that's useful for honing your craft would be workshops. Mm-hmm. The one workshop that I actually attended, I know I went in and I don't know that I was thinking it would be a magic bullet for my writing, but I did hope that it would help me level up. And I remember leaving and it had a, I had a great time. And one of the big reasons I went was to be part of a community, but I had also hoped, you know, and what I came to find out was that, oh, well, what I was doing was on the right track. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was, but there was nothing I was like, oh, you know, Congratulations, you've graduated and now you're going to start selling all your stories and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I think that's the danger in any of these things is to open a book or go to a workshop thinking that you're going to suddenly open new doors because you still have to do the work. And sometimes in visual art, particularly, what a lot of visual art workshops are focused on learning how to paint like someone. Right. And it's just not this point, I'm not interested in learning how to paint like someone, except that I'm thinking back to a couple that I've taken where I have for that weekend practiced exactly the way they do it. Mm -hmm. And I've taken something away that I've added to my thing. So I can't say that it doesn't have value at all. But at this point, what I'm really looking for is people who can help me dig in more to what I want to do instead of necessarily showing me new ways of doing things. Right. That makes sense. It does. And I think it goes back to the same thing that I was talking about with the books is that you take what you need to help inform your practice versus painting like that, like doing Thomas Kin- going to Thomas Kincaid right. workshop and just making Thomas Kincaid paintings doesn't make any sense for you. But I think also when you think about the trajectory of a lot of people's creative practices, there are those imitative periods. Absolutely. And that's and okay crucial. too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where you kind of figure out like, oh, well, and I was thinking about, you know, you're talking about the different techniques that you've done in various workshops that do inform what you do now, not necessarily on a one-to-one thing, but it's again, creating, increasing your body of knowledge in such a way that 
probably a lot of it's even unconscious about how you implement things in your paintings. Yeah. There's also, of course, the innate skills that we might have, whether it be an eye, like you have an eye for color, or you have an eye for composition, or you have a knack for dialogue, or any number of things that also inform what comes out of you. I think sometimes we're taught to be so humble that we mm. discount that when it's just part and parcel of everything. And so being able to not be like, yeah, I'm the best dialogue writer there is, which I'm not, but also recognize, you know, I think I do a pretty good job, especially if you've heard it multiple times. Like, you know, one of your hallmarks is that you people love the way you use color. So there's something there, clearly. Mm -hmm. The one I get is world building. So I make these nice worlds that then these hollow, empty-eyed people wander <laughs> no. through, woodenly stalking. No. Um, and so it, it's really cool. So thinking about craft, there it, it's just one tool in the creative toolbox. And it's something that can be developed over time. Yeah. And then the question you always have to ask yourself is, how bad do you want to be better than you are right now? And usually I think for most people who are engaged in creative practices, the answer is pretty bad mm -hmm. because you can always see just over the horizon, which makes it all fun. It's a little bit of a pursuit type thing there. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that you talk about the, the imitation aspect, especially if you go to workshops and people are teaching you how to do something a certain way. And you were talking about the idea that we see other artists work, whether it's visual artists or if I'm reading something, because we've all been inspired to do what we're doing via that. Right. And so it's silly to think that we're not influenced by it as well. And sometimes to the detriment of our creative practice, right? right? Oh my gosh. When we get totally intimidated, like, oh, look at that person. That's that. They're doing what I'll I want to do. I'll never do that. Yeah. <laughs> How do they get so good? Especially when they're younger than you. And it's just like, oh, well, yeah. here I am and they're amazing and it's taking me forever to get to where I feel like I could be. And then you just have to shut that out and go. Exactly. And still allow be yourself you. to be inspired by them because that's uh, like, I always like to think of there are certain authors that I've talked about before, China Mayville, Jeff Vandermeer, uh, George Martin, who created these very real worlds and strange worlds in some respects that still inspire me because I re remember the feeling I had when I first encountered them. And that's what I would love to be able to give to other readers. So I think that alone is something that helps me hone my craft to the point where A, it's not derivative and B, that it inspires those feelings in people when they read my stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always leave an art museum feeling inspired rather than depleted. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. And that's probably a good place to leave it just because there are so many things that inform our craft. And that ultimately, it's a lot of sweat equity that you put into to your creative practice that really yields the result, knowing that you're putting in dashes of this and sprinkles of that. So go out and find your creative spices mm -hmm. that you're going to put into your bland stew. Mix your brew. Mix Wait. your brew stew. <laughs> oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> what the hell have you done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is something we'll return to, I have a feeling. Because it's, you can't, you can't quite get your, I can't quite get my finger on it. I don't think you ever do because right. I think you always have this flood of inputs that 
help determine where you go and what yeah. you want to do and what you hope to see. So I think the most important thing is to be in tune to all those different things that can affect your craft. Not worry if you're not getting them all. That's the other thing, like I mentioned oh, before, it's like this thing that you can't hold <laughs> right. and, and being okay with that and just know that sometimes you'll be more focused on parts of it than others and that's okay too. And then uh, over time, I would suspect that you become more masterful. That's what I tell myself. It feels that way. You become more masterful at more things that it becomes more unconscious as you yes. do your artistic practice. But then you find new things to hone. Exactly. And, uh, and that's part <laughs> Which of Which is what keeps it exciting. Sweet, sweet journey. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And hope you're getting out there and honing your craft. And maybe we'll dig into some more tools of the creative practice in uh, mm-hmm. upcoming episodes. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.